Welcome to University Autism and You. The podcast is designed to support your university journey, the decisions, choices and challenges you might face along the way. Throughout this podcast series, we'll be hearing from a diverse range of current university students about their experiences, thoughts and impressions. And we're your hosts. I'm Scott. And I'm Freya. And we're based at Cardiff University and run outreach programmes for autistic people. In this episode, we'll be doing things a little differently. We have two students who will take us through a typical day at university for them. Depending on what course you study and how you like to spend your time, your day at university could look very different to everyone else's. That's why we've got two examples of different university days to go through today. So we're joined by Kyle and Summer Priya. First of all, we'll start with Summer. So Summer, um, would you like to introduce yourself and what you're studying? Hi everyone, my name is Summer Priya and I'm currently in my final year studying biomedical sciences at Cardiff University. Amazing, thank you. So before we go into your university day and what it's like for you to spend a day at university, how would you describe your university course to someone who is in school or college at the moment and they might not know much about what your course involves in terms of how it's taught and the structure? Okay, so one of the main reasons why I chose to apply to Cardiff University was actually the course content. At Cardiff, the first year of biomedical sciences is incredibly broad and we cover anatomy, neuroscience, biochemistry and even ecology alongside the main biomed lectures. Not only does this give you great flexibility when choosing what modules to specialise in during your second and third years, it also means you get to undertake a range of different practicals covering different areas of biology. In terms of the course structure, You start out with six compulsory modules in your first year, and then you can choose three modules to study in your second and third years. Prior to COVID, I had two lectures per module a week and two weekly practicals. So I feel like the course has a good balance between theory and practice. Nice. Thank you. It's nice to get an insight into a specific course and what it's like to have something that's both practical and taught in lectures as well. So we'll start by going through your typical university day. So would you say that generally you follow the same routine every day when it comes to university or did you have quite a varied university week? As my lectures in the week, the earliest ones start around 11 o'clock, but my labs start at nine. There tends to be a bit of variety in my daily routine. Usually the days I have lectures, even if they start at 11 or one, I try to be up by 8.30 so I can get some studying done and just be prepared before the day. When you first said that your first lecture wasn't until 11, I thought, oh, that's nice to not have anything until 11 o'clock. But labs at nine o'clock sounds a little bit tough. For people who might not know, what do you mean when you talk about labs? Okay, so on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I begin my labs at nine. Labs are practicals which tend to be focused on topics we have recently covered during our lectures. And the data we produce can also be used in our coursework, such as a practical report. For example... For one of the modules I did, and the practical we did was the effects of UV radiation on DNA mutations. So that was linked to one of my biochemistry and molecular biology of the gene modules. So your labs will usually be focused on the lectures you've done the week before or during the week. So it's nothing new. And before we start labs, we have a quick rundown of the focus of the practical and a bit of the theory. So you're not going in completely blind. Amazing. Sounds good. That's something that I didn't have in my university study was that kind of practical element. Mine was much more theoretical and lecture and seminar based, which I think will be a little bit similar to what Kyle will talk about um, when we go through Kyle's day. So let's start then with kind of the first half of your day at university. Do you want to take us through 
the kind of morning, what you'd get up to. I know you said you've got 9am labs and then 11am lectures. So your typical university day, the first half of it, what would it be like? Okay, so on the days I have labs, my labs are 9 to 5. So it sounds insanely long. But luckily, while we start at 9, there's no official breaks. But during the practicals, if you have to leave samples in an incubator for an extended period of time, such as half an hour to an hour, you're allowed to leave the lab to grab a quick snack or some fresh air. During these mini breaks, I'd usually go down to the bioscience cafe with my lab mates and grab a hot chocolate to give me an energy boost for the rest of the morning. Once you get back into the lab, you have to undergo sterilization protocols once more so you don't contaminate the samples. And once you reach a designated step in the practical, you can leave for your lunch break and have to be back between 1.30 to 2 to get your ID scanned and continue your experiments. Since on practical days, I don't really have a lot of time to quick lunch. I often made quick lunches like tortellini and salad or prepared a packed lunch the night before. So... Whilst you might have labs from nine to five, like you said, they're kind of, you'll be set a task in the morning and then you will work on that at your own pace throughout the day and you'll kind of organise your own time within that lab period. Is that right? Yeah. So it's a lot more different to college and university where you have set breaks. The breaks you get will be completely dependent on the pace you follow the practicals at and what step you're at. Bearing in mind, there's a limited amount of equipment everyone will be at different stages at different times and there will be waiting periods involved so there's no set breaks but rather breaks at your own time and at your own pace which is quite a nice change the burning question that i have is that if you have a 9am lab what time do you have to wake up oh i usually wake up at seven because i lived in a house of six and five of us were biomed students and as you can imagine if we all have 9ams and there's only two showers it gets a bit hectic in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, and we're all girls. So you can imagine all of us need a nice, <laughs> we like to have a nice long shower. So I tended to wake up around seven, get my shower, brush my teeth out of the way, have breakfast, and then just relax a little bit before going off to uni around eight, eight fifteen. This gives me a bit of time to read through the practical guide so I know what to expect when I get to the lab and it also allows me a chance to make sure I have everything I need my bag is all packed with my lab book my lab coat my goggles I have the hair bubbles and everything that I need so yeah it's an early start but the earlier you wake up the less hectic it is when you get back into the lab and the longer your lunch break is because you've got everything sorted out already to be honest how do you usually get to uni? Do you walk or cycle? Do you go in with other students? So I usually walk to uni with my housemates, but since we all didn't, we didn't all take the same module, sometimes I'd be walking in by myself and then I'd meet my other course mates in the lab. And from there, we'd go and sort out our benches. Uh, sometimes I met my course mates at the cafe if I came in a bit early and we'd grab a coffee then, you know, just to give a caffeine boost to get through that nine to five. <laughs> I have to say that routine, that morning routine sounds sounds very organised. Now, I know that you're a third year student. So how long do you think it actually took for you to perfect that get up early, get into the lab routine? Or were you always on it from year one? I'll be very honest with you. In my first year, I had nine names nearly every single day. And I lived at Cartwright Court, which is a good 20, 25 minutes away from the main building. I was not as organized in my first year. It did take me a bit of a while because even if I woke up at seven due to the distance and then just taking time to make breakfast and then just everything, waiting for my friends, it does take a bit of time. 
but practice does make perfect. My first month of 9am's were very, very difficult to adjust to. But I think just practicing and getting into the routine and seeing what works best for you will help you later on when you have 9am's. Because I discovered if I tried, I experimented with the times I woke up. So I tried 7.30, found that cut way too close to the lab starting. 8 o'clock was definitely not an option if 7.30 was too late. 7 o'clock, if I had a lot of time left over, I woke up at 7.15. So it's just about trying and seeing what works for you. And everyone has different morning routines. Not everyone showers in the morning. So, you know, it's just about what you need to prioritize and what you feel is best for you that. That's, I think that's the best way to plan your mornings, really. Everyone has a different routine and everyone prioritizes different things. So this isn't like a guidebook of making it to your 9 a.m. <laughs> I know people that rolled out of bed at 8, had their breakfast, just showed up perfectly. And then you'd have people that woke up ages ago and would be all flustered because they lived further and they had to cycle or get the uni horse bus. So, yeah, it just depends on what you think is best and your circumstances, really. Amazing. Okay, I think that we might switch now and go over to Kyle and then we'll come back and talk about the kind of afternoon and evening and social activities afterwards. Yeah, great. Thanks, Freya. So yeah, hi, Kyle. Nice to have you on the podcast. Could you introduce yourself? My name is Kyle Jamie Eldridge and I study the BA on Business and Management Year 2 at the City of Newport campus at the University of South Wales. Great. Thanks, Kyle. And I think you probably won't mind sharing with our listeners that you're an autistic student yourself aren't you? Absolutely I've been diagnosed with autism since the fall of 2011 so I've had autism for over nearly seven to eight years now. Thanks for sharing that I know some of our listeners will find that interesting because some of them might have autism themselves so to hear from a student who's going through university is really helpful Could you explain very briefly what your course is to someone who might be in school or college and maybe doesn't know much about it? Well, at the the moment, um, in the term after Christmas, we undertook um, mandatory placement where we had to pick a placement, um, whether we pick it for ourselves or it's picked by the university, always we're sponsored by organization to do the course and yeah it was a mandatory 10-week placement I had to undertook and I done it with my students union and that was really good and done all sorts of things like attending the NUS conference to sit on an academic board with the deputy vice chancellor so um, placement has ended now but it is it was a it was a fantastic experience and but also when you're doing placement you have to um do one day a week in industry with your with your course as well doing another module it was called global workplace so um you learn all different types of stuff like negotiation and interviewing techniques and and then another module on monday was like with your placement you have to do reflections for your placement because placement is is like a three-way thing between the university yourself and the company that you're working for So I'm going to ask you to do something quite difficult now. If you had to summarise your course in one sentence, so all three years of the course, all the modules that you're able to study, just to summarise it in one sentence, how would you summarise it? Well, I I have to say um, it's very exciting to do as you um, get to have an insight into the world of business, really. 
I think that is a perfect summary and insight into business. So can you talk us through the routine that you have as a student? Do you follow the same routine every day? Well, it's actually, it's, it's different days are varied, actually. Um, I, I think um, an appropriate example would be Monday. Oh, I mean, with the with the desk work, and then I'll I'll give a varied description after because on Monday it's just like we have a lecture at nine o'clock. That's that's with the reflections. So important question: If you've got a nine a.m. lecture, what time do you have to get up? Well, <laughs> oh, um, well, I, well, of course, um, my my note taker who's always with me always texts me in the morning before I go on to say, Kyle, make sure you're on the lecture, not five minutes late. You have to like 15 minutes early, five minutes early at least to get ready. I would say an hour before the lecture or half an hour if you want to get everything ready. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have a note taker. So that's someone who can help assist you in in lectures and make sure that you're getting down the information that you need. Is that right? Yeah. My note taker is is like my paternal mother at uh, university. And um, with, with my note taker, we have a very good relationship. We do. She always makes sure I'm on track. It's just like being in the lectures early. It's like she always quizzes me at the end. It's like, did you get everything in the lecture? We have after that in between lectures, we have Teams call where we where we speak about it. So yeah, there is there is a lot of help, and the DSA team at university have been fantastic. Uh, that's great. Yeah, we've actually talked about the DSA in our last episode, the Disabled Students Allowance, and it's it's good to ask for the support when you need it, isn't it? Because it can then help you with your studies so that you get the most out of your course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's go back to your routine then. So on Monday, we're taking this as an example. You had a lecture at nine a.m. So what happened the rest of the morning? This was this is a placement Monday. So nine a.m. to ten a.m. You speak about the reflections about doing them, and then it depends what placement you're in from ten to eleven. And if you're in, if you're doing an internship with the university, like on the business school, or you're doing it with a company, you get put into different groups. You do because there's different things to learn about in regards to the project that you have to write about. So I think this is a really good example for our listeners because we haven't talked about placements before. So am I right in thinking there are some courses where you can go on a placement and that basically means you can get real life experience of the world of work in, in an area that's related to your subject. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, the placement I done was with the Students Union and it really opened the world of um, how students unions work because I spoke with two potential political candidates in Newport as well as a, um, a regional member of the Senate last week. And that was a part of my internship. And it was it was quite surreal going on to my Zoom call that I pre-prepared and I walked on and I saw like, three members of Plaid Cymru and I had to I had to um, represent the city of Newport campus to them and yeah and it's just like when I was I was representing the university at uh, NUS conference and that was with Cardiff University Students Union, Swansea, Aberystwyth, Bangor and colleges all over Wales so um, it was definitely an exposure that sounds like a great way of getting some experience that helps you to find a job after university then. So I think maybe some of our listeners might now consider doing a placement as well, having heard about some of the experience that you've got. 
So yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing it with us. How about the second part of your day then? So if in the morning you've got your lecture and then you have the placement on Monday, what did you do after that? So from 11 a.m. to to 1300, 11 to a 1, I have a break then, but I usually meet my autism advisor from the ASCC. Um, we, we speak about, basically it's my specialist mentor as part of my DSA again, but uh, we speak about many things to my, how, how my day is going, how my course is going. We usually catch up on the pressing things that we have to do, such as preparing calendar dates for my assignments, for example. So could I ask a question about the sessions that you have? So do you have lectures and seminars yeah we it's, it's varied really i mean so typically what would a lecture look like let's think say go back a year in your first year what would a normal lecture be like a lecture would be like everyone would assemble in a a, a lecture theater and the course tutor will be standing in front with a pre-prepared text for the students and they would just do in-class examples and just go through what they're learning today but a dropping session or as they say a surgery people would just go in and if they needed help with with an assignment or an assessment that's due in a couple of weeks and um so that's how it that's how it's that's how it's varied really it sounds quite similar to how my course was structured so i did social sciences at cardiff university and we would have lectures where it was big rooms of people we could have up to 100 people in the room sometimes. Then seminars, they tended to be a bit smaller. It sounds a bit like the project work you were doing, Kyle, where you could have maybe 10 to 15 people and you're discussing certain topics in in the seminar that have come up in the lectures. And then these surgeries, that's more drop-in, one-to-one support when you've got questions, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Kyle, do you prefer your lectures to your drop-in sessions or your group discussions? Well, I have to say, I mean, with with my autism, really, I get flustered when I'm not having that structure. So I I would say a lecture, really, because I know what time it is, very, very structured. I I tend to work better. But if it's just a drop-in session, really, I have to think one thing that I need to think about because I really, not sounding antisocial now, but I, I, I have to really, really focus on what I exactly want. How do you organize your time outside of your lectures and seminars? Do you have a study routine that you follow so that you can keep up to date with all the work you need to do? Yeah, I mean, as a, as an autistic person, how you get easily distracted, that's a challenge. That's a big, that's a, that's a really, really big challenge. But my note takers and all that have uh, encouraged me to put it all in my diary and all that. But I, I know what I'm working on or mentally I am. I, I know what deadlines I have in my mind. But I, I think it's it's more focused on on my calendar. That's how I really organise my time. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on and a lot of different things you can get involved with at university, which we have spoken a little bit about so far in other episodes, and we'll speak more about in our next episode. So we focused on both of your days, kind of the course and what you get up to during the day. Summer, do you have? A few examples of what you might get up to typically after your university day is over. So things you might get up to in the evening, socialising or societies, for example. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, Thursdays are usually my busiest days. And the reason for that is straight after my 5pm practicals, I have to rush back home and come back to the student union 
for my role as the training officer for a committee at six. So I am the training officer for a children's volunteering-based society called Make a Smile at Cardiff. And as part of my role, I'm in charge of organising weekly skills-based sessions such as British Sign Language, Character Studies and Makaton to other volunteers who are part of our society. So these sessions will usually run for an hour, an hour and a half, and we learn about different skills which we can use when we go off to events or do virtual series for children that we work with and once I come back home I have dinner chat with my parents over the phone because I get homesick quite easily so I'm, I'm someone that needs to talk to my parents quite frequently I feel like it's one of the best ways to cope with leaving home just daily phone calls or weekly phone calls with your parents your family your friends from back home it kind of helps you stay connected to both places really if you've left home and uh, since I mentioned earlier, I live with a bunch of other girls who do biomed. We're all quite drained by the time Thursday evening comes around. So we don't do any academic work. And that's usually our downtime. So we'll watch something lighthearted on TV, such as The Great British Bake Off, because honestly, it's the most stress-free show ever. And well, unless... <laughs> I don't know. I think I get quite stressed watching it sometimes. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. <laughs> Unless you're particularly invested in one person and then you see them lose, then then it's very, very stressful <laughs> and disappointing. But, you know, it's just nice to see all the stuff they can create and it's just very, very laid back. Or we play board games such as Uno. Although, like you said, I'm not sure if Uno can be considered stress-free because it can get quite heated sometimes <laughs> when you get the possible cards, <laughs> you know, or Monopoly. It's just... It's just a nice way to reduce your screen time and then just bond with others. And it's very, very chill. So yeah, that's usually my evenings. I usually just chat to my family during dinner time, spend a bit of time with my housemates. And depending on how busy the day has gone, I will either get back to work, do some coursework or some quick notes, or I'll have an early night. In terms of societies, I'm primarily part of Make a Smile, but during the first term, since I have a bit more freedom, I like to pop in to give it a goes and some socials just here and there to just get a bit of an experience of everything university has to offer. And I really recommend doing that. You don't have to commit to one thing and, you know, you can have a range of interests and it's a great way to meet new people while also not having that feeling of being trapped or that what if feeling that, oh, I want to try this, but I'm not sure if I can commit to this for a whole six weeks. But I don't want to miss out. So I'd really recommend near the start of freshers and the first term when you have more time to just go and try all these different societies, the sessions they have on offer, go to the socials, and you might even find something that you didn't know you were previously interested in before. That was my evenings in my first term. My second term, I buckled down a bit more, but I still made sure to have my society role. So I had a bit of balance. My work, academic and social life wasn't skewed in one direction if that kind of makes sense yeah I think that's something that I remember learning at university it's really important to me is having that balance so being able to have you know different contacts so different groups of friends from your course being able to do coursework but then also being able to relax with your flatmates I remember some of my best times at university were when we would sit down together as a as a group in my house and watch some horrible reality TV show together and just laugh at it. And there's some 
some really good times to just uh, relax and unwind with everybody. It's interesting because everyone's evenings can be different. You know, you can, you know, it's your own time to deal with how you want. And for example, I know my brother basically became nocturnal at university and he would actually do work in the middle of the night for his course and then go to the gym about 3 a.m., work out at the gym and then go and sleep for, you know, the first half of the day. And that's what works for him. So there's lots of different approaches to your time and you kind of figure it out as you go. Kyle, do you have a favourite society that you've taken part in? Well, I have, I have to say, one of the greatest things I used to go to is called the Exploring the Past Life series. It's a series of historical lectures delivered by Cardiff University. They used to do um, sessions on St. Kenneth Road. And I used to just sit in the lecture and listen. You had some really outstanding lectures. That was one of my favourite pastimes. It wasn't like going to the pub or anything, but it was just sitting in a lecture hall in the evening in Cardiff. I think that's a really good tip, Kyle, because it doesn't matter which university you're at. Sometimes other universities will have activities, publicly accessible activities that you can take part in, even if you're not studying there. And that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're studying at a university or not. It might be worth some of our listeners looking to see what public lectures are available if if they're interested in finding out a little bit more about what we do at the university. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to end the episode on because talking about societies and what you get up to in your free time is going to be the main topic for our next episode so in the next episode we'll be looking at what societies are the different types of societies you can join at university and how they can improve your university life and really add that other dimension to studying at university in future episodes we want to include even more autistic voices If you want to be involved or have any feedback on how we can make this podcast more useful, please contact us. And a big thank you to our guests, Samapriya and Kyle, for joining us in this episode. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast or any of the programmes we run, you can visit our website, cardiff.ac.uk, follow us on Twitter at cu underscore outreach, or drop us an email on outreach at cardiff.ac.uk. Thanks for listening.